Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the podcast brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm, X Series, or GFX, go to fujilove.com. This week, I am going to bring in a couple people to uh, do a little roundtable discussion. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, I'd like to welcome back David and Mel to the show. Dave, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great today. Awesome. David is a fantastic Fujifilm photographer. He is also the senior tech writer for the uh, Android Authority. Uh, I almost forgot that for a second. I'm an iPhone user. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, he's a tremendous writer. He is also uh, my go-to person for all things computational photography. Dave, it's awesome having you back on the show. Yeah, it's great being back. I love uh, love doing podcasts, especially ones related to Fujifilm. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And joining us for the first time, Jared Quackenbush. Jared is a fantastic videographer in upstate New York. He is the owner of Rock City Media. He is also a great YouTuber, giving people the latest and greatest in all things lessons in video photo- uh, videography. Jared, how are you doing? Doing wonderful. Excited to be here. Awesome. And I fell in love with your style of videography. Uh, it's very helpful. And it also helps that you have an Australian shepherd. Uh, that's near and dear to me. Yes. We just picked him up right before Thanksgiving. He was our kid's Christmas present. And uh, we, well, we're absolutely in love. So, yes, that helps. <laughs> I got to say, my family and I, we are we already have a, a three-year-old Australian Shepherd named Daffodil, but we are picking up our second Australian Shepherd from the breeder actually this coming Sunday, and he is a little bundle of joy. Absolutely can't wait. If you check out my Instagram feed, you already see some baby yes. pictures up. Very and, cool. Uh, we have named him Kodachrome. So there you go. <laughs> nice. So we can't wait. Can't wait. Um, more to come on that. And gentlemen, brought you here because it's been a crazy year for Fujifilm. Uh, not only have they had uh, a, a smooth, tremendous launch with the XT4 uh, asterisk there, <laughs> but uh, they've also released the Fujifilm. X105 or X100V. They've released the X Pro 3 back in October. I thought we'd just get together to talk about their most recent releases because it's been pretty close together. Each one of them had pretty significant changes and mm-hmm. it's been pretty mixed results. So let's start with. Are you guys getting any of these new cameras? Uh, start with you, David. Uh, yeah, I actually did pre-order an X-T4 um, because I do a lot, of, a lot, a lot of YouTube. I probably put out two YouTube videos a week. Uh, and so there's a few features of it that are really useful. Uh, there's a few other features that I honestly don't think were great ideas. <laughs> uh, I got to play with it for a day 
a couple, a few weeks ago before the announcement, I had an embargo on it. Um, and the flip screen is really useful. You know, IBIS is super useful for what I do because I do a lot of press events and being able to do parallax shots and stuff with, you know, just handheld without a tripod, really useful. Um, there are a few things that are confusing to me, like adding the gaskets back onto the, you know, mic jack area and, uh, putting the flip screen the way it is. So now you can't, you know, look straight down and shoot from the hip anymore. It's kind of a weird transition. Um, It definitely feels like more of a video first camera, uh, which is honestly a little bit disappointing to me because I do so much photo and video, Um, but I'm still getting it. I'm still getting it because I think the the IBIS is like what I've been wanting forever. And it's something that I almost bought the X-H1 for when it was on sale. Uh, just yeah. to kind of have a, a backup, but uh, anyway, I don't want to take up all the time. So no problem, Jared. How about you? I uh, well, absolutely. I already ordered two XT fours. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, and I'm probably probably around the month of June. I plan on getting a second camera, and I believe that's going to be the new X100V. I have the X100F, and I love it. Love it. Um, kind of take that everywhere for everything from family to even some unique client shoots. So it'll be nice to upgrade to that. So before I was ever a Fuji fan uh, or camera fan in general, I've just always been a lover of all things technology. So I guess the greatest part about starting a business in this type of niche is it gets to feed that <laughs> that I. Uh, addiction. So I love gear. So anytime there's some something new coming out, um, you know, I take a approach to where it has to be a smart buy for me and how I'm going to use the device. But I just love that's not going to stop me from binge watching hours on YouTube, right? Of, of the latest yeah. video. So um, things about the X-T4 I'm excited about as a video first shooter. Um, so I do have the X-H1 and I do love the ibis um but i've used better if that makes sense um it's not the greatest it's nice to have um so i'm excited to see how it performs just compared to that um I, i'm with david here on those gaskets on the side that was a little yeah. uh, i i really loved how i could remove that door so on, they they um, they let you remove the SD card door now. And I'm like, I know. why? I've never needed <laughs> like, to do that, right? Literally, who needs to do that? I just don't exactly. understand. <laughs> I, well, I didn't know that. Uh, that, yes, that I, I mean, I, I, yeah, not many videos of people who reviewed, you know, these releases, these early releases, even talked about that. But if I yeah. saw one or two, and I was so uh, perplexed to buy that. <laughs> it's it's very strange like the ability to remove the door for the mic and headphone jack uh on the xt3 is super useful for when you're using it with cages and and monitors and stuff and they just they now have gaskets that are there's two gaskets and then when you're around yeah and then when you're using the flippy screen uh to point at you if you have a mic plugged in it kind of gets in the way of the flippy screen so it's just kind of a weird design so, yeah, I, I have two of them. One will definitely be my everyday run and gun type camera. And I don't recommend it, but I'll probably just remove them. I used to do that on my camera, Canon cameras. 
Um, but just because they do end up getting in the way so much, especially if you're doing, you know, a lot of video work. Yeah. yeah. And if I recall correctly, the the microphone for the XT4 isn't a microphone port at all. It's a USB C port with an adapter. Uh, the headphone jack. The microphone yes. port. Oh, yeah, the, the microphone. Microphone is there. It's the headphone. Which it's is headphone. also extremely disappointing for me. It's so weird. It's <laughs> like part of me is just like, should I just keep my XT3 because I really like some of these things. Um, and I've been getting by with it for a while. I don't know. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually went and purchased an XT3 <laughs> instead of going with XT4. I went the oh, route yeah. of, yeah, I, um, for me being a stills photographer for weddings and having already used the XT3, I didn't need to get the improved autofocus because the autofocus was already pretty much good enough. Well, and they're going to bring it down to the X-T3. Like, they're going to port it. So, yeah, it's the, th- it's the same sensor and the same processor. Right. So, and, it's and so strange. that improvement is going to be just enough. And the amount of video that I do isn't enough to warrant a brand new camera. I went the route mm-hmm. of buying a used X-T3 from uh bnh they had one for like 930 dollars <laughs> i'm like oh, nice. sold um and and i and i picked that up like instantly and, and i love it i i absolutely love it the next camera that i am looking to purchase uh i'm with you jared i am looking to pick up the x100 v because Ugh. that just looks absolutely sick i think it's something that i will absolutely used for weddings because it's the perfect size for cocktail hour and just being able to sneak in between people uh you guys the, are making the, it harder for me i want to buy one but i'm trying to keep myself from doing it like ridiculous i i was tempted to go x 100 f and just get the discount like the the cheaper version but the the new lens and, and the sharpness and yeah, it's uh, much better. Yeah, I, I'm going yeah. to splurge. Uh, I, I need to pick up a couple more wedding clients, and then I'll pick one up. Uh, but it it looks beautiful, and and so that's going to be my my everyday camera and work camera. But the XT3 is my workhorse camera, and I probably yeah. will pick up another one. I am very tempted to try the X pro three again. Um, yeah, I, tr- I tried it for a couple of weeks. Uh, and for what I guess the three of us do, cause that sounds like we all do YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually used it at CES, uh, for yep. the entirety of CES. And it was very difficult to use as a video camera. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think the 100V is like if you want to do video on a rangefinder Fuji body, the 100V is actually kind of better than the X Pro 3. I mean, obviously it's one lens, so I wouldn't say it's better, but it's I don't know. The X Pro 3 was just it was very clunky when I was trying to use it at CES. Yeah. So yeah, I 
so let's let's get into the 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 drama behind everything. Let's start with the X Pro Three, that one being the easiest. How do you guys feel about the the LCD screen? Because it is a hidden LCD screen designed on purpose to be this way, so that there is as little chimping as possible, and allows you to avoid the distract uh, the distraction of looking at your screen uh, when you used it. Is did you find yourself not looking at the LCD screen? Uh no. <laughs> I found myself <laughs> I found myself sliding it down pretty much constantly. Yeah. Um, I think the issue is it just doesn't. For me personally, it doesn't really work with my workflow because yeah. the way that I handle press events is I delete photos and videos in real time that I know I'm not going to use in the final edit. So I, d- I end up never really having to do any um, churning. Is that what it's called? No, not churning. Uh, Chipping. No, like uh, when you're when you're editing and you're deleting the ones that you don't like. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the actual term for that is. Yeah, so for video clips and, and photos, but videos in particular, like I always have the exact ones that I want to use. So for me and my workflow, it saves me time if I do that in real time. Um, so personally, I'm against it, but I, yeah. I, I, I love the way that the e-ink works, and I'm a huge e-ink fan. Uh, but I think that they should have let you have it both ways, like swing around if you wanted to use it, and then just have the ink there if you didn't. Like the X-T4, um, basically have it like that. Have it like the X-T4, but have the ink on the back there. Yeah. That's my take. That would be cool. And have yeah. the histogram there. That would be useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, the, what appeal... So what I like about the X Pro Three, and, and I want to see if this is going to happen in practice. Uh, my next wedding isn't until April, so I I have some time to to try this out. Uh, I do a lot of uh, eye level shots, but being able to bring it to hip level is something that I do on the regular. So I'm wondering if the X Pro Three. Yeah. Uh, would be easier to just eye level than all of a sudden just flip it down, go to hip uh, waist level, do shots, and then you know bring it back up. Uh, I think versus that... XT3, like versus XT3, using them both. Uh, I've I've used Fuji cameras since the X like XT1, so being able to, yeah. I I think you get the you get the muscle memory for how you open that screen. Uh, obviously, it's quote unquote easier on the X Pro 3 because you just have one hinge to flip down instead of having to have like two touch points. But I think yep. the muscle memory, you really get used to it. So I don't know. I think overall, like it was really good using the X Pro 3 for a couple weeks and just realizing it was not for me. Yeah. Um, I know there's a group of photographers that absolutely love it and like want to use it. But for what I do, it's just not really a good all around camera like the X-T3 is. Yeah. How about you, Jared? Have you tried that one? I have not gotten the opportunity to. No. Um, as a like I said, as a just a lover of tech, I was super intrigued by it when they announced it, and um, I mean, I don't see it something I would ever need unless I was working on a collection. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
would I love to try it? Absolutely. You know, if I was given the opportunity, um, and I'm sure given its features, testing it and trying it, I would find things that I really like about it, you know, but, um, just doesn't really fit uh, as a, you know, as, as somebody who needs my cameras to be a little more hybridy, you know, dual purpose. It, um, I already have the X100F, you know, so, yeah. and I love that camera. So if I didn't have an X100, I would maybe be a little more likely to pull the trigger on an X-Pro. Yeah. The one thing that stuck out to me during the release wasn't necessarily the LCD screen. I thought that was intriguing. Uh, that was something that I didn't pan. I didn't give a thumbs up. That was just kind of like a wait and see uh, because it was, it was interesting. It was a bold move. Definitely. Um, but the price is what struck me when it went for, I think it's 1799 us dollars brand new. If I, if I recall, yes. yeah, I mean, it's up there. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And that, that took me by surprise. I, I really thought it would, wouldn't go that high. And that was my first clue that moving forward, they're just going to increase their pricing. Uh, I, I, and when the X one hundred V got uh, announced for a higher price point, I knew that the the next set of cameras and moving forward, I think everything is just going to be more expensive. Yeah, it is interesting because like it, it kind of makes sense in the XT four, just because like it's a brand new mechanism that they had to do a bunch of R and D, and they have to you know get that money back and all that stuff for the x100v doesn't make a lot of sense in my opinion to be that expensive <laughs> because yeah. you know it's the basically the same body with a new processor and a new lens which like yeah there's r&d into the lens but i don't know it um i mean they're still they're still undercutting the full frame rivals that they have absolutely uh, it's still less expensive than anything full frame uh but i don't think they're two thousand dollars but i think they'll get close i think the highest they, yeah. they'd go is probably eighteen hundred yeah i mean do you remember what the x100f was when it was originally released one thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars around there yeah i mean so this is a hundred dollars more yeah. I yeah. mean, I do remember. So I do remember when I bought mine, I bought it brand new. And I remember thinking, this was almost as much as my X-T3. But uh, it came <laughs> yeah. highly recommend. It came highly recommended from a friend locally. So I just wanted to give it a shot, right? And it quickly became as somebody who was only a videographer at the time. I was like, wow, I got to learn this photo thing. You know, and, I'm kind of uh, sad because like I bought I bought an X100F like a year and a half ago and the viewfinder was like really, really bad. And I'm wondering if I had a bad unit because what en what ended up happening all the time was that the viewfinder had like a different white balance to what was coming out of the JPEGs. Um, yeah. So I don't know if my viewfinder was just borked or what, but I returned it after like two days because it was annoying me that much. I I agree. I actually 
purchased uh back when i said i rented a camera that was kind of true i i actually purchased a uh, xt3 uh before the holidays but i returned it because uh it was something was going funky with the uh, the connection when, when, when you, when you talk to a, uh, another God, what is it? Oh my God. I am blanking. I am so stupid. Um, no. <laughs> uh, the Bluetooth connection to your smart device. Um, oh, I mean the app is, is so wonky, <laughs> right? The app is wonky, but when I powered down the camera, the f- camera still was focusing the lens. You could hear the mechanics just constantly ticking. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended up bringing that back. Um, and now with my new one that I have, it's working perfect, perfectly fine. So mm. I hear you, man. Get, sometimes getting a bad unit happens. It stinks if you ordered it via mail <laughs> because you have to send it back and then get a new one. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, X-Pro3... I still want to try it because that is the camera that made me fall in love with the Fuji line, uh, that and the X100. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it is still going to be on my list. Um, let's jump past the X100V and go right into the XT4 because I think that one has probably the most controversy. Um, looking back, uh, uh, about a year ago, not that long ago, we got the X-T3, which came right on the heels of the X-H1, which I think mm. we can pretty much all agree kind of killed the sales of the X-H1. Yep. Um, great camera, but everybody complained that, man, this would be great if it had a, a flippy screen, uh, if, <clears throat> if we got one of those. Now that we have that, People are up in arms about the flippy screen. They want the tilt screen back. It's uh, well, so I think the issue is like you look at some. So my biggest problem with it, um, I like the fact that there is a flippy screen. However, in the XT one hundred or X and XT two hundred, uh, the flip they have a flippy screen on that, and it can do both. <laughs> it can it can do the like slide down that the XT three can do, and it, and it can also do the full flip around. And it has two points of contact. Uh, one thing that kind of freaks me out about the X-T4's flippy screen is that it's got like a very small hinge connecting it to the camera. Yeah. And if you have it out because, you know, you're you're like doing video and you're looking down at it while you're doing video, and you drop your camera, it's probably going to snap off. Uh, yeah. And that freaks me out a lot. So... so that- one point of contact on the XT4. Um, from I, I've I've been talking to Hunt's Camera. Uh, they they're a local chain uh, in New England, and they actually allowed me to play with a lot of ca- uh, the 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 most recent medium format. What was it? The I, I got to try the X GFX fifty R. Oh, fifty R. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the PR. I, I got Man. to play around. I wanna, I want a GFX camera again so bad. I had one for a month. I had a fifty R for a month, and the image quality is insane out of those things. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah. But that, that's a little bit later. Let's let's yeah. let's put a picture. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but the interesting thing that they told me was that uh, when they had the XT4 in in their possession, uh, when they got to try it out, that um, they mentioned that the flippy screen is a Canon patent specifically. And that makes me wonder why we've never seen it in, in a Fuji camera previously, because they they have to pay royalties. They, I, I mean, I'm no patent attorney, but I, I'd imagine that they either had to pay a lot of money to Canon and or they get permission to use it. I'm not I, I don't know how it works, mm. but all I know is that that particular patent belongs to canon and when you mentioned that the x100 and uh the the what is it the xt100 xt200 xt100 and 200 uh, yeah they have a double point of contact there so that would be a different patent maybe um again i know absolutely nothing about patents so I, i i can't speak on that but that's probably, I mean, that could be one reason why it's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I really wish they had just used that though, because like you, you said, you know, you'd like to shoot from the hip with your wedding stuff. I just, I love shooting. I, I love flipping the screen down like that. And the fact that you have to take it all the way out and have it like coming out from the side. Like I was talking to my friend, uh, Casey, he goes by GX Ace on uh, YouTube. He's done a lot of these fuji reviews and stuff and something he brought up was like yeah if you're like doing trying to do candid street photography it's almost impossible to do that with the xt4 <laughs> because you yeah. can't you can't look down you can't shoot from the hip without being super obvious so it's right. very it's a really weird decision um i don't know it's yeah it i i could i could see that um being able to move from eye level to hip level is super important on my side. Uh, I mean, when a, a, a couple is doing the recessional, I'm shooting from eye level, but then certain things happen. I have to drop the camera. Uh, being able to do that in one motion and you know, flipping that screen on the X-T3, super easy. Yeah. And again, like you said, muscle memory, I could just flick it yeah. open no problem and not being able to do that with the xt4 unless i have it in i have the lcd screen completely closed and then kind of like the the x pro 3 and then when i bring the camera down i flip it open and i don't know yeah interesting uh but yeah I, i i think it's more geared towards the the video people um one of the folks that I received uh, feedback from was curious why didn't they didn't give the option for a tilt screen or a flippy screen. And my guess on that is because production, that would need a brand new production line. Just Do you mean why they didn't sell two cameras <laughs> like X-T4A and X-T4B? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, um, yeah, that <laughs> requires so much R and D, and it would be confusing for like any consumers. It just—I mean, I'm sure they could do it, but just building it out, uh, having two two lines of production is just way too much. There wouldn't be enough reason to upgrade if you had an XT3, you know. I don't think. Yeah. Battery life. 
I mean, yeah, I don't know. Life. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the du- the double battery life is is also a big improvement in my opinion. Um, not that the battery life's bad on the XT3, and generally, it's pretty. I have the battery grip, so like doing video with the battery grip is generally fine. But having double that is really really useful. Also, I like that in the uh, XT4, you can charge the camera. In, if the battery grip is on while you're charging the camera, it will also charge the batteries in the battery grip. So mm-hmm. that is just like that's just, that's a huge time saver, and I don't have to carry around that um, that standardized charger with me. That's yeah, really, be really nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The camera doesn't come with a charger anymore. It's... No, it's just charged internally. Nope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But the char- the charger for the battery grip, I mean, which uses like right. this weird this weird like standardized charger component yeah so no i hear you that that is pretty cool um i absolutely can't stand using battery grips that (laughs) is something that i had with my uh oh god what was it um i i had jesus i i can't remember did i have it with my 5d mark one or did i have it with my Fi- uh, the 70. I think it was the 70. Regardless, it was so uncomfortable. I, I-, I couldn't stand it anymore. Uh, I had it for a short hmm. amount of time and then brought it back. Uh, it's yeah, just my first something battery. <laughs> yeah, my first battery grip experience has been with the XH1 because it came with it for. Yeah. Practically, they gave it to practically free. Yeah. yeah, I practically. know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah. I that's mean, the reason yeah, I that, almost bought an yeah. XH1. It was so cheap. That, that, well, that's I was, the reason was, I bought the XH1. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, did David? Did you order the battery grip for the XT4? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did order it separately. Yeah, I did not. It's expensive. Know why. I probably will go it, back in and take a look. But I, I didn't. I think, think for what it. we do, for what we do, so useful. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I shoot a lot of 4K video now, and it's just really, really nice not having to deal with that very much. Yeah. Yeah. Also, giving you the extra height on the tripod sometimes is is pretty useful when you need it. So mm-hmm. that actually goes a long way. I, yeah. I I agree to that. I still won't get it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I gotta say, doing the uh, for for video. Uh, videographers being able to get that extra bit of slow motion also out of the XT4 is pretty, uh, pretty right. Cool, I yes. Yeah. I think they're going to port that to the uh, XT3 as well. If they yeah, don't, like they'll, that. we'll see. Yeah. If they don't, they'll probably cite heat concerns and say that they, because they did make the force slightly thicker, but it's honestly, yes. it's hard to, hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah. It's like how they increase the grip size from the XT2 to the three. It's pretty much the same, uh, the same difference in the yeah. XT3 to XT4. I so. actually don't need the extra grip. I always use uh, L bracket on my cameras anyway because I, I find that the cameras are too small, so I need a little bit extra to hold. Yeah, but that's just me. Um, yeah. And having that extra protection around the camera is is, is helpful. Right. Uh, my my poor XT two has been victimized by my uh, 
clumsiness. It is. <laughs> I, I will never sell it because one, it has a dead pixel and I don't think it'll sell for much anyway. And two, I cracked the LCD screen on this poor, poor guy. I have, uh, yeah, I, so I shoot with an X pro two and an XT two back, uh, last year that, that those were at my side. And so I let them hang off my shoulder straps. I changed out a battery on my XT two and I brought the camera down. Some, a guest came up to me and asked me a question real quick and distracted me just enough to make me realize that I did not tether the camera back to the strap. And I let, and the camera fell onto the sidewalk made of concrete (laughs) and it bounced onto the grass. And I was like, I can't believe I just broke my camera. My assistant just (laughs) weeped. (laughs) Which, which camera was it? The XT2. Oh. Yeah. Did it actually break? It the the LCD screen has a diagonal crack running down, Ooh. but otherwise the camera is still ticking. Okay. Yeah. And the I, reason for it is because I have the L bracket attached to it, and the L bracket took all the damage. Uh, took all the impact. Okay. Oh. That's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I mentioned last time how I had dropped I I dropped my XT3 a similar way and broke my 56 millimeter lens. Ooh, uh, yeah, but my friend Casey, who's a wonderful uh, engineer, he actually opened it up and fixed it. <laughs> so wow. it's now it's now a completely manual focus lens. Uh, well, no, it can, do, <laughs> it can do autofocus, but the focus ring the focus ring is now smooth and has no clicks it's declicked basically which oh gotcha. I actually i actually don't mind for video <laughs> um not oh. that i'm gonna be doing a lot of like focus pulls as much anymore the only downside to that is if i'm doing photos with it it's hard to tell what aperture i'm at um but it doesn't really matter if i you know just see it and can eyeball it so at least it works again yeah. i'm just happy it works again so he fixed it for me Nice. Oh, that's yeah. a scary moment when, when, when I know when you lose the baby for a minute. <laughs> it's interesting because there was a, a piece of plastic that uh, got stuck, it, that had broken off the inside and got stuck in between the lens elements. Um, yeah. And I, when I saw Fuji when I was doing a briefing for the XT4, uh, I told them about it and they're like, oh, yeah, like, that piece of plastic is there to break so that it takes the impact if you drop it and it doesn't break the rest of the body. So I thought that was interesting. Like it, it breaks on purpose. It's like a self-destructive, I guess the way cars are designed is kind of similar. Yeah. Crumples. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. Oh man. Things you learn. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's only good once though. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now it's a now it's a smooth aperture ring, so whatever. <laughs> right on. Yeah. And so that brings us down to uh the the X X one hundred V. That camera, while it didn't have any kind mm-hmm. of controversy to, to the gear itself, did have a bit of a 
let's just say sullied, sullied beginning where people complained about the Fuji video. Um, the, oh, the, the straight yeah. photography video. <laughs> yeah. I tried to recreate it. It wasn't as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched the video and I didn't think that it was particularly, you know, invasive. I guess that like, it depends what your opinions on street photography are. Um, right. But I feel like people who use Fuji cameras are generally pretty into street photography. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, as far as like the X100 V goes, you would not believe the amount of people that immediately DM'd me. Who, so in my in the group of like tech YouTube people that I'm surrounded in on Twitter and whatnot, uh, so many people, everyone kind of knows me as the Fuji guy because I was the first one to shoot Fuji in uh, tech journalism. Yeah. Um, and that's that sounds like a flex, but it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because it's a valid point. <laughs> Most people uh, in in tech and in video are going Sony. So having yeah, it's, you know, Fuji it's been, is a novel. It's been no. Panasonic and Sony for the last like couple of years, pretty much yeah. until since the GH5 came. Well, GH4, GH5, and then A7 III. Um, yeah. But after the X-T3 launched, actually, about six months later, there was suddenly a very weird insurgence of people buying X-T3s. Um, and the popularity of X-T3 for YouTube in general has kind of skyrocketed, which is really interesting. Yeah, I was one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 but uh, but everyone when the X one hundred V launched, so many of those people because they know me as the guy that rants about Fuji too much. Uh, I just got DMs from people like crazy, being like, "Dude, X one hundred V!" Literally, like everyone's messages said the exact same thing, and it was really funny because I did a press briefing on it beforehand with Casey, um, and I I tweeted this thing because like I think six people messaged me the exact same sentence, which was dude X 100 V and a few of them bought it. Um, and it's just crazy to me because like, it's not all that different from the X 100 F. So I feel like the brand awareness of Fuji was just not popular enough when the X 100 came out, at least yeah. for that demographic. And so now that the V came out, it kind of made people realize that, Oh, Fuji sells a, pocket rangefinder like and they're really excited by it like a friend of mine um justin c who runs a popular tech youtube channel in um vancouver he bought one to do like b like a b cam video because he has a canon 1dx uh yeah two that he uses for his main video but he like bought one to do secondary video because it can do 4k um which is wild to me and i told him like i I mean, it's, you know, you can't, it's not interchangeable lens and blah, blah, blah. But he was like, no, I don't care. It's so cool. And all these people are into it now. Awesome. Yeah. And it's crazy. There's also been a resurgence of people buying regular X, like the original X100s, because you can get them for like 250 to 350 now. Um, Right. So I know three people who bought the original X100 (laughs) recently. Yeah. Which is crazy. A buddy of mine in Toronto just picked one up at a, thrift store or, so, or a pawn shop or something for like oh man for, for something like two hundred dollars or something i think yeah I, but, uh, if you find them in thrift stores or pawn shops they're cheaper but the the price has actually gone up on ebay i think since that yeah. 100 feelings but it's so. been great seeing him like post photos of that with the original one 
and like how good that it still looks. So, oh yeah. Hey, I mean, I I love seeing it a lot more. I love seeing it get more attention. You know. Um, Yeah. I think that all is from the XT3. You know, really kind of like really building that awareness. You know. Yeah. Yep. It's the X100. The first X100. I, maybe it's just me, but there is something to that color quality that is so different from the X100S in moving forward. There's just something about that particular X-Trans system that seems a little different. I don't know if it's the processor, maybe it's the sensor, but... It's the, probably the- like that, and then also the fact that the the lenses were not as perfect back then. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a whole thing about you know how the first Fuji X lens, the 35 millimeter 1.4, is like not optically perfect, and it's only sharp really in the center, and the edges are very uh, curvy. And yeah. there's a there's always you know that there's that lifelong debate about whether or not it's a good lens. But when the food when they got asked about it, they literally said like, "Oh, we didn't try this." to make this perfect, we tried to make it have character. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and, and again, like that's why I've almost shifted over <laughs> to almost com- shooting completely with film for my personal work um, on the TX one, because film lenses, they, they, they're, they're not optically perfect because back when they were making those lenses for cinema and like all this different stuff, it, we didn't have the technology to make optically perfect lenses. So like yeah. everything has, has so much character and so many movies even now are being shot on old cinema lenses that are a lot, you know, technically quote unquote lower quality, but have this really interesting effect. Um, there's this popular Netflix show that got shot recently uh, called, what's it called? Her? It's uh, not her. Sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong you. It's called you. Uh, the second season just aired recently. And whenever he goes into this like weird mania phase, the main character, uh, they switch to this old vintage cinema lens that has like this really weird curly bokeh that's very swirly. And it gives you this like effect of like mania and craze. And like, it's now a stylistic choice, right? And so I think optically perfect is like, pretty boring (laughs) um (laughs) so i think that's why a lot of people are attracted to like vintage lenses and then film even because you know film is obviously not how we see the world it's more like a memory so a little different absolutely um jared i'm curious uh we're going to do a interview show down the road but just to kind of give a spoiler when you went into video production, why would you over everything else? Um, well, that's a great question. So um, I don't think I ever anticipated how much I was going to enjoy it. Um, so I was looking to uh, actually purchase the the Sony, you know, the a7 III. Mm. And I... Uh, and you know what? I, I saw a video pop up on YouTube um, from a guy about this camera. And I just saw in the thumbnail that it looked very unique. 
okay? Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie. My, I'm very new to the camera world uh, just in the last couple of years. Completely shift careers, and it all happened rather quickly. Um, yeah. And so I see this camera, and so I watch this video. Right when I was getting ready to pull the trigger on purchasing some Sony bodies, and the thing that stuck out to me the most was just the way that it looked. <laughs> so it, uh, my, my whole life is I don't love doing or having the same thing that everybody else has. So all these videographers that I were learning from were <laughs> like personally here in my city were using Sony cameras. And I was like, man, what if the image is close or pretty good, but it looks that unique, like I'm going to go for it, you know? And uh, yeah. so I used that's why it initially caught my eye because I wanted something to stand out. And I know some people like to stay very, you know, stealth in their approach and how they shoot. Um, but so I ordered the silver one and then um, just, that's when I just really started watching a lot of reviews on it. And it really checked all the boxes except for flippy screen. So, <laughs> which was something that I had like, well, the like, A7 III like, doesn't like, have that anyway. Yeah. I, well, I know, but I did not want Canon. So I was, yeah. it was, well, I'm, I'm going to go Sony and it doesn't have one. Well, that I'll be honest, the Sony didn't check that box either. So, so yeah. <laughs> I was, I knew I was going to try something different because I was shooting Canon at the time and I didn't want to do that anymore. So yeah, I kind of just um, started researching it. And then I thankfully have a friend here locally uh, named Nick who had an X-T3 and he, he you know, had nothing but good things to say about it. So I honestly, I just took a leap of faith and pulled the trigger. Um, and it outperformed or any of my expectations um, using it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I actually did a video on how it changed my life. <laughs> um, I saw that. And, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's different, but I, I wanted to be like authentic and kind of vulnerable and just kind of share like, why what i loved about that camera so um for video even still you know i i do um I, weddings on the side only to help a good friend of mine and he is a strictly soda user and in the last one that i shot with him this summer i used a lot of the xt3 because he was very curious right he had heard great things about it so he was curious so when I had given him all, we shot it together, but we shot it on two different systems, believe it or not. Um, but he was incredibly impressed <laughs> with it. Uh, could not believe uh, how good the image looked and the quality of everything when comparing it to, you know, what he was using. So uh, I did not convert him yet, but we are working on yeah, it, my friends. You will. So. You will. The amount of people that I have converted <laughs> in the tech media space is like, man, I wish I had affiliate links. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I, and I'm sure. And he has so many, but you know, I still mess with him, but he, I'm like, um, I was like, you know, we were, I'm just like, Hey, can you, I was using his body for one of the cameras of the ceremony. And I say, hey, can you put this on, can you switch this to 4k 60 for me real quick? He's like, it doesn't have that. I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just, I already knew it. Just messing with him. He's like, shut up. But yeah. So, I mean, uh... So ultimately, you know, why did I try it? I needed to upgrade. Um, it, it checked a lot of the boxes as far as an improvement from where I was at. And I wanted something that stood out, that did 
that wasn't what everybody else had. And even till this day, my friend Nick here in town is the only person, and even with all my travels, is the only person I've ever seen with that camera, even with its increased in popularity, like in person, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And even today, I shot an event this morning. Um, still, somebody coming up to me, is that a film camera? And I just say, you know what? It's not, but let me tell you about it. <laughs> so um, yeah. I've become a bit of a Fuji evangelist, you could say. Um, oh yeah. That's you're going through the natural state of, yeah. uh, of Fuji. I, I went <laughs> the exact same thing, <laughs> exact same but, but, thing. But even guys, yeah. even to revert to the X100 wine, cause I do have the F I have the brown leather one. I cannot, even when I'm just out at a restaurant or with my wife or, um, working, I, it is regularly people constantly come up to me constantly. And I, maybe you have that David with like your film camera. I don't know, but people are coming up to me all the time. Like what kind of camera is that? Where can I find it? I mean, I I have that with my X-T3 constantly. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I mean, both my cameras actually people ask me if my if my film camera is a film camera less than they ask me if my xt3 is a film camera (laughs) and and you know what i am a people person and i do love meeting people and building relationships so it's just a great way to meet people and then it translates into you know what do you do for a living and things like that and next thing i know like we're instagram friends i know that may sound silly but i i love relationships and meeting people and it's been an incredible like uh, icebreaker (laughs) i I don't even have to try so it's funny because you know before the show we uh we're we're talking and i told you I, i went upstate for the day and some old man uh I was sitting by a lake and some old man comes up to me and he goes, that's an interesting camera you got there. And we just started talking. Eventually we talked for like three hours, exchanged Instagram accounts, exchanged LinkedIn's. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're conversation starters for sure. So, and it's just, it's been, yeah, it's been great. You know, I, both those cameras, I, I was just in Denver and I had a guy come up to me and just say, I've been wanting to get a camera and that looks really cool. What is it? <laughs> You yeah. know, and so yeah. Yeah, even in a city that I've, I've only been to one time, you know, to have a connection there and meet somebody and just to talk for a few minutes, super cool. So it has, yeah. it did exactly what I hoped it would, if, <laughs> you it's know, a great icebreaker. Yeah. yeah Although so. my last wedding, I confused the hell out of the, the father of the bride. Yeah. Uh, well, tell he, us about he, it. he, he uh, looks at the cameras and he said, oh my God, you, you actually use film. I'm like, no, 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 no. Th- this is all digital, but it's like the old film cameras. You you have the aperture ring and I, I, yeah. I showed everything and, and, you know, he loved it. And so shortly after that, now during my weddings, I always leave the Instax prints on the bride and groom's uh, table so that after they finish their first dance, they get seated and boom, right there, they get to reminisce immediately uh, on some of the stuff that they already did. Oh, day. man, I need to do that because I'm actually doing three weddings this year already. Yeah, I like so, that. That is like the best thing Fujifilm has done. So anyway, the father of the bride sees these. He's like, oh, my God, are these prints? I'm like, no, it's actual film. He's, Wait, but you said your camera doesn't. <laughs> like, Technically, oh, it does. Technically, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're going to want to sit down. (laughs) 
I, I got some explaining to do. Uh, that'll take too long. Let me sum up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, you know, Mark, I was thinking about one more thing on why that I kind of chose it over others. And, and it is kind of controversial because maybe people not so much in the Fuji world, but a lot of people in the video world really hate on these manual dials up at the top and aperturing. But for, I mean, maybe it was just me and being naive, but for somebody who was starting off, I... I felt I loved it right away when I rented it. Um, yeah. The fact to, even before I turned the camera on to know, you know, like I said, I shoot a lot of video, but, and that's pretty simple, but to get it to know right where everything is before I turn the camera on. I mean, I have shot a, a few weddings now with Sony and I still don't even know how to use the menu system and how to change it. Now that's cause I don't do it. Right. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but um, no, this is a Fuji Lapis. We could. Uh, I was I was looking for something <laughs> to. Um, I don't know. I I was looking for that something that was easy to change, and so I think that was what tipped the scale on making me pull the trigger. Because um, I'm looking at it right now, and I just remember how much like I I loved that since day one, and uh, I know people don't, but they don't I have mean, to buy it. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> or you don't. It's it's such a. <laughs> It's to some, it's a very comforting feeling to have that tactile knowledge, and to others, it's it, it's not. Yeah. It's to each their own. There's when I'm yeah, so like even at a wedding, when you're at a wedding or you're in an event shooting and adrenaline is going and you have to change things quickly, I love how I don't have to like fumble around in a digital menu and I'm just like boom, there it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. But that's yeah, no, Jared. Fun. When uh, when uh, the I'm kind of with you on the on the dials and stuff because when the GH5 first got announced, I was covering CES 2017, uh, and the GH5 gets announced, and of course, as a tech person, I'm at the time I was freaking out over the specs that it was going to bring. Right, so I bought it. I hated it because <laughs> uh, just the menus and the they don't have good dials and everything was crap. And immediately. I started looking at like who my favorite photographers on Instagram were shooting. And it turns out they were all shooting Fuji got an XT 20 and just like the dials are just what's like completely sealed it for me. Like yeah. being able to run around and just switch settings so quickly and fluidly and kind of get that muscle memory for knowing exactly what settings you should have and being able to change them before you even like put your eye on the eyepiece is crazy. It just is very, yeah. it brings you into the system. Yep. Hooked. Yeah. Hooked. <laughs> it's a keeper. Um, gentlemen, it was awesome having you on the show, and it was great talking to you guys about the, the latest and greatest. Before we sign off, I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts on the future. Now, we typically don't talk rumors uh, on the show, but... Yeah, there's word on the grapevine that the XH2 is uh, something that's coming next year. Uh, the XE4 or the XE line is rumored to be discontinued. Um, okay. What do you guys think of the future? Now, personally, if I had my wish, I would love nothing more than to have a successor to the X70. The <laughs> This is a camera that the X70 was a miniature version of the X100 with a flip screen up. And it was, I thought it was nothing 
until I actually used it. And then I fell in love with this thing. I still might buy this, but it has not gone down in value. <laughs> um, it is a camera that kind of, I think if memory serves me correctly, it came out, but immediately was, well, kind I, I say that, you know, put an asterisk next to that. That's sort of kind of relative term. It went discontinued because the Fuji system had to switch over from the X-Tran 2 to the X-Tran 3, if I, if I recall, because Sony discontinued their sensor. Um, whatever the reason, they never made a new version of that camera. And that is something that I personally would love to see uh, come back into the world is, a, is an upgrade to that little camera. Because that little camera, my God, it just was the funnest thing in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Nice. So, um, so, okay, here's the thing. I I think that someone up higher up in Fuji was like, yo, we have too many camera lines uh, yeah. <laughs> because they have so many. Um, and it's been very clear for the last couple of years which ones are getting the most sales, the most attention, right? Um, yes. And... I think that they were, they kind of just decided like we need to consolidate because the now and now with the GFX 50R range fire range finder style bodies, they have four or five different lines that are range finder style bodies, not even just cameras, right? You've got like GFX 50R, you've got X Pro 3, you've got X100, you've got XE. Uh, those are all like very close to the same shape with just a little bit of differentiation and personally even them bringing in the uh, xt 100 series i think is kind of confusing um it just kind of feels like they've been designing for every single type of use case possible to the point where you're only off by like a little bit of use case and suddenly you're designing a new camera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think they're just, they kind of figured, okay, we need to put more focus into the XT line, the X, uh, uh, the X 100 line and the X pro line, because those are really like their, their the bread, main and, butter. bread yeah. and butter cameras. Yeah. And so, I don't really blame them for getting rid of the XE line. Um, I wish it would stay because having an X Pro style body that is smaller. Because if you if you use an X Pro two or X Pro three, they're not actually that small. They're like around right. the same body size. They're pretty thick um, as the XT three, and having the option that is like quite a bit thinner was like really nice. But I mean, the fact it remains it's basically the same camera in a slightly smaller body. Yeah. Um, I'll, same goes for like, you know, the X 70 it's like that series lasted a while, but it doesn't have a lot of reason to exist anymore outside of like fringe users um, like yourself, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know? So like it, 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 to me, it feels like consolidation. Like they just need, they just need their consumers to like better understand like what the heck camera they should buy. Um, Cause if you look at Sony, like they have three, they have like maybe four or five 
four lines, maybe five, but like it's a lot more obvious when you go around and you see people with, you know, hobbyists. They generally have uh, the A, not A7, the A6000 series. Yeah, the 6000 series. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are a lot of 6000 series cameras, which is kind of confusing, right? Like they went from 6300, 6500, then they went back to 6100, then they did 62, and then 6000. And it's like very confusing. But that's (laughs) another, that's another story. The fact remains, if you're like a light hobbyist, A6000. If you're using it for like pretty professional, I guess professional slash YouTube, that kind of stuff work, mm-hmm. then A7, A7 series is like a really good in-betweener camera. But that's all you really need to know about Sony. And then if you're making, you know, if you're making like crazy cinema stuff, F- FS5, FS7, Fuji, yeah. it's like a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother ball game. Right. So Sony's also a bigger company. They can branch out probably more without taking a huge hit. Right. And I think that Fuji, what Fuji was doing was they were too distributed among regions too, because regions like the Philippines, for example, I, I have a close friend who she lives in the Philippines and she covers Fuji and the cameras that are more popular there are the smaller and more vloggy cameras. So like the X100. Really? Okay. Yeah. The X100 uh, or XT100. And, and the, XT100. again, right, again, right there, again, right there. X100 That's versus XT100 for a general consumer to know the difference just from the naming is like very difficult. But anyway, the XT100 series is extremely popular in the Philippines, uh, yep. whereas it's really not here. Um, Instax is way more popular in Asia than it is in America. So I think they were also just putting too much effort into each individual region. And they're just like, all right, we just need to figure this out, slowly consolidate the market. Uh, I don't think they're going to make another uh, X70 or they're, and then they're probably not going to make another XE. So I think slowly, slowly they're going to work their way down to like XT, uh, X Pro, GFX. And that's and maybe maybe the hobbyist like X1, XT100 or whatever, but it's getting smaller for sure. Yeah, definitely need to consolidate and then reassess and, and see what works for them. Yeah, so I get it. It, it. It's the business marketing side of things, and that goes that that that's true for every uh, every company. So it's yeah. all good. Yeah, uh, whatever the case is, we'll be here to cover it, and we'll be here to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But please, for the love of God, bring us those film sims into the previous camera. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, when you I know, got into this, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I've been talking. Everybody, when I got into this, everybody uh, was talking about how, I know there's a, there's a term for it, but how good they are at updating them uh, to some of these things. So I haven't really seen that yet. So, <laughs> well, there was a huge, huge update. That's what, that's what we were actually talking about when I was on last time was, um, the rumors of the X-T4 were out and there was a video from DP Review that was complaining about how the X-T3 hadn't gotten a major update yet. Right. But I usually what happens is a new a new camera comes out with a new processor and then Fuji realizes that they could probably cram some of those features into the old processor, but the X-T4 hadn't come out yet. So 
I don't. Th- I think we'll we'll see the uh, XT3 get a huge Kaizen update, probably around like June. Um, June, July, I would say. Yeah, because I mean, you know, with coronavirus and stuff, the XT4 is not even shipping until April 30th minimum, which is crazy. Um, is that true for the United States too? Yeah. For US, yeah. yeah, yeah. I pre-ordered yeah. at midnight. I pre-ordered yeah, at midnight and earliest. Earliest was April 30th. Wait, two months. Yeah. God, this is really weird times right now. It is. It is is weird. The world is in a weird I mean, that's talk about production uh, production lines and everybody's eggs in one basket. It's that. I mean, that's a whole topic for another podcast, for a different podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. That's for the Consumer Love podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just but, I yeah. think just anyway, to add guy. something about um, uh, you said future stuff. I mean, XH two. I mean, looking at it, let's see, looking the review, looking at rumors, like all of you guys, I'm excited about it. I, I would love for this, to them to completely, like as David was saying, though, if they're gonna do it, and it sounds like they will, just make it distinctively different. You know, um, I think my favorite feature on the one I have now is the like I just I do love the grip, um. You know, little little things like that, making it uh, distinctively different. I think I'm all for it. You know, um, but yeah, yeah. To m- to my note about consolidation, um, if they do make a uh, a new XH camera, I have a feeling they're going to hardcore hardcore push into the cinematography kind of world with it yeah. because I think that's awesome. Because yeah, XT, you know, XT4, XT is supposed to be the bridge camera that's kind of a hybrid shooter camera and they're even leaning more into video pretty obviously with the XT4, but I think that with the XH2 if that happens, it's going to be like super cinema focused. Very clear, uh, right? Like very yeah. clear, no doubt. If that's what you're into, this is the camera for you, which yeah. is kind of like what you were saying about like Sony, which I think is is a good idea. I am actually glad that it's going to take some time because right now, if they've, if Fuji has learned anything from the X2, <laughs> it's that the, the, there is a very thin line between photo and video and trying to appease both at the same time is very difficult. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's the thing. I think that like going back to that consolidation thing, like they have really, on the X pro series been like, all right, this is purest photography. We're going to make it photography first. We're going to make it difficult to shoot video on this. And then, you know, they have the XT, which is like, all right, bridge camera. Right. Um, but with that one, it's going to be very, very obvious from the start. Like it's, it's probably going to have the X trans five, uh, processor or X processor five and probably a new sensor of some kind and uh shoot 6k i would imagine so the xt series has always been the camera that you know has the new processor but i think they might move it to the xh2 just because they want to save sales of that camera absolutely so. and, and yeah it'll be interesting um yeah yeah we will see that's but i mean that's not for a long time so we right. don't have to about that this is early uh, speculation yeah <laughs> super I'm early exactly. i'm ready to pre-order so just <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got my money um, yeah. guys it was awesome uh jared where can people find you on the web 
Uh, well, you kind of said Instagram and YouTube. My name's Jared Quackenbush. Um, the thing I'm really stepping into now is, is you know, hear me out, is TikTok. So, you know, trying to add a lot of value on there in photography um, and uh, really enjoying that network. Just did a series of videos on uh, camera stereo, camera brand stereotypes. And I did a, and those have been beloved by everybody. So I, I did Fuji on there, but I was very kind. But uh, it's 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 it was it was a real fun series. So yeah, try to put a lot a lot of value out on that platform. So if you have any questions about that or how you can use it, feel free to reach out, and I'd be happy to uh, help. Awesome. And how about you, Dave? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at David Amel. Uh, Twitter is my big platform. Uh, I am at Dervid Amel on there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, davidml.com or you can read my writing at androidauthority.com or watch my youtube videos at youtube.com slash android authority awesome and you can find me mark sadowski on instagram i am mark sadowski that's mark with a c or you can find me on twitter i'm also mark with a c over there <laughs> and uh guys it's been great uh, next time they come out with a new camera, we'll bring everybody back and uh, do this all over again. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. Gentlemen, it's been great. We'll see you next time. Oh, and uh, Fuji Love. Uh, this this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. Can't forget the guys who pay the bills and keep the lights on. Uh, for the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm, head on over to fujilove.com, and I will apologize to them for forgetting to say that in the post. So thanks, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>